Let's continue our reading of session 67 in the second part where we still talk about psychic attacks. Let's begin. So far in this session, we have discussed the psychic attack from different points of views, and we've actually got a lot of rich information in terms of how this uh, seem, seeming contradictory desire of service from the creator for the creator between creators or co-creators uh, develops a, a kind of paradox between what we want to do and what others want us to do and what is required for us to do in this whole dilemma. And I want to cover that before we start again, because it was a really important question in, um, in the session, uh, question 11. So we'll start with that. But so far, what we have covered is, is essentially the, the phenomenon of psychic attack within the raw contact. And of course, there's an extrapolation of that for us. There's a couple of good answers here that helps to continue to put together the mechanisms, if you will. I don't like that word too much, but it's the best one I could use, that lie behind the, uh, the consciousness of the self and the incursions that negative entities can do within ourselves, the weak points and so on. So we're going to get into some of that. And I promise you, some of the answers are really, really enlightening for... Uh, and the reason why I use the word, or I choose the word enlightenment is, uh, or enlightening for us, is because, you see, there's a lot of spiritual jargon out there, uh, which is, to a degree, it's true, but it doesn't speak from the highest wisdom. See, now what is the highest wisdom? Why would I even dare to say that? Uh, if there's n everything is subjective and so on. No, the highest truth is that we're all one. And the most realistic thing to say is that we can actually live from this sense of unity. This is what's called enlightenment. So to trace back to what I said, that there is a lot of spiritual jargon out there in terms of... Um, uh, how negative entities work and you are in danger and you must trust uh, that your energy is within you and it leaks out and all of this. This is as true as saying that the ego is a real thing. To a specific concession of teachings, it is quite correct to say to people, yes, the ego is real and you must face it. But that is a trick which all teachers in history have used to bait the, the student into getting into the highest teachings. Now, I prefer to go straight, straight language. That's how I, how I like to speak. So in this straight language, I'm saying that we don't have to get into the idea that there are negative entities that are attacking us and we need to shield ourselves this makes sense. The moment you start thinking this way, that's the moment where separation occurs. 
and it is so it, it's actually okay to live in separation we all live in separation but if you want to continue to expand your consciousness to the highest wisdom which is the wisdom of unity and how is that possible is that possible yes my friends it is and this is what the highest teachers of course have tried to impart to us and raw not being something different of course so we're going to get into that but first before the introduction um or after this introduction let me just reread um some of the words here in uh let me go back to question 11. this question was um there's a couple of things that i think are important to um to mention again here and it's the paradox just to briefly summarize the paradox that seems to exist between people asking you to do a certain thing for example as ra explains here people who don't want you to be involved in uh spirituality because your family is religious and they cannot bear you to be um you know uh, reading material from say the gnostic gospels which is you know uh, it's heretic it's been heretic for thousands of years so you shouldn't read that or maybe getting into the raw contact which is demonic because it's a channeling and all channelings for certain people are demonic or you're worshiping an entity and you know deep inside you know that you're not worshiping anything you're just following a philosophy that makes sense to you and you know that that'd be the case so how do we deal with people who ask us from their hearts not to do things and yet we want to do it this is the paradox that seems to exist and all you have to do uh, is it's bit them well and say basically you know this is this is what i do this is what i like this is me i cannot suppress who i am um ross says in question 11 you do not have two opposite requests for service you always have the service of the creator being requested of you but you are the the discerning point you are the creator deciding what type of service do i want to to give and so ross says you will find an infinite array of contradictory requests for information or lack of information from this source if you listen carefully to those whose voices you may hear this is all one voice to which you resonate upon a certain frequency it's the same voice of the creator asking you to uh, be under frequency and sometimes people would say yes please explain to me better you know these uh, buddhist uh, sayings that you know so well or what jesus actually meant here in the new testament or what about this uh, new age uh, uh, we are all light and so on so you will find that they're trying to be in your same frequency so they're asking information from you and if you feel it of course then you know that's a service for you but if people say, you know, stop reading those things, stop listening to these people, stop meditating, meditating is not the way, it's praying or whatever it is, then you don't feel it within you. Then you have all the all the rights to say, no, my service is this to the creation. And you continue to do what you want. So never be um, affected by what other people may think or say or ask you that is not congruent with who you are. It's my best advice, of course. And I think I'm just um repeating something that your heart simply feels like yes gabe yes and i know it's redundant but sometimes we need to listen to it 
As it happens, this group vibratory patterns. Okay, I won't repeat that part. Um, see, I love this is the paragraph that I wanted to get at in question 11, when they say a portion seemingly of the creator rejoices at your choice to question us regarding the evolution of spirit. This is in the context of the raw material as they were contacting or using uh, the raw contact to get information. A lot of people were happy that they were doing this. So they were asking, yes, yes, keep going. Just like in the example I mentioned of somebody asking you to explain things that you already know because they want to learn more. Um, and yes, you know, you, you feel that they rejoice at your activity. Then a seemingly separate portion would wish for multitudinous answers to a great range of queries of a specific nature this is the uh, transient information, basically, you know, uh, how do I find a boyfriend? You know, how do I solve my, my problems with a certain, a certain substance? You know, what can you recommend me to do uh, that will uh, help me with my relationship here? These specific questions that seek for the answer and that they're not seeking it within. So that's that. And then there's another one they say seemingly separate group of your peoples who wish this correspondence through the instrument to cease feeling it to be of a negative nature now the parallel for us here is that people will you know ask you i had funny oh yeah a couple of times i've seen comments in i think mostly my spanish channel i've heard or read it's very few maybe a couple of times since i started the channel People saying that this is demonic, that I shouldn't be doing this, that I should go back to Christ, uh, and all of that. Um, not knowing that this is all Christ. <laughs> this is Christ's consciousness. But you see people are limited between their own uh, dogmas and their zealotry, basically. And that's fine. Um, you continue to do what you do, and that's it. You don't look uh, to the sides. Uh, some people have actually uh, commend me for doing this and exposing myself. I've never felt like I have exposed myself, you know, to the public. I <laughs> I just don't see myself that way. So I think it's um, it's interesting. Um, I guess it's inspirational for some people, but to me, it's just me reading in front of a camera and expressing my thoughts. Um, so yeah, you just do what you want. That's it. You don't have to do anything specific. Or people will urge you, you know, like, you have to be a messenger of God. And you say, like, no, no, I just enjoy it for my own self. I don't have to go open a channel or start a podcast or any of that. Unless you really desire it and you're just blocked inside. But, yeah. All right. So I wanted to give that introduction. I think I skipped a question here. Why did I do that? Here we go. All right. So we can start with this. Uh, Apologies for the long introduction, but it's a good refresher for what the paradox of the different services that we may be requested or we may feel from people. And how do we deal with that? How do we deal with two different groups of people or two different people asking for uh, different services and we wanted to please them? You're not a people pleaser. You're just somebody who enjoys living and doing what they do or what you do. So, hey, okay. I feel like I'm talking too much and we have a lot to talk about. So let's go to question 12 where Don says, this particular entity is able to create with its service a dizzying effect on the instrument. Could you describe the mechanics of such a service? Uh, 
Ross says this instrument in the small times of its incarnation had the distortion in the area of the otic complex of many infections which caused great difficulties at this small age, as you would call it. The scars of these distortions remain, and indeed, that which you call the sinus system remains distorted. Thus, the entity works with these distortions to produce a loss of the balance and a slight lack of ability to use the optic apparatus. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Otic or otic? Um, somehow in Spanish that sounds a lot more um, understandable because it has to do with the balancing of of yourself through the the auditory uh, system that we have, the channels and all of this. This is the reason why you get dizzy when you spin yourself because if I remember correctly, this is probably from my teenagers that I heard this is, uh, this description is there is something, there's a liquid or something that maintains a sort of balance in you and it gets like all dizzy. So even if you close your eyes and you open them, you're going to feel like there's a, uh, a dizziness. So Carla had a lot of this. Oh, by the way, a couple of things. You know already that there is a timeline here that you can go through the timestamps and move through the questions. I just thought about that because I took a long time in the introduction. So if you want to skip to the specific questions, I make that all possible here because that just shows the love that I have for this uh, channeling and the work that I do here. I just love my channel. I love you guys. Is that is it too early to say I love you? <laughs> uh, it's never too early or too late. Always remember that. So that is a reminder. Go navigate the videos through the questions. Um, and also just a refresher that of course we're talking about Carla here and the distortions that she had. This is how the negative entity could do its uh, its shenanigans with Carla because she had some distortions or weaknesses. So how did it happen? Well, Carla had damage in her uh, ear canal systems and auditory system, and that is the way in which it creates the imbalance for dizziness. So these are the ways in which... Now, how does that happen? We'll find out soon. Question 13. Don says, I was wondering about the magical, shall I say, principles behind the fifth density entity given this service and his ability to give it. Why is he able to utilize these particular physical distortions from a philosophical or magical point of view? Good question. Ross says, this entity is able to, shall we say, penetrate in time-space configuration the field of this particular entity. It has moved through the quarantine without any vehicle and thus has been more able to escape detection by the net of the guardians. Let me just say a couple of things here. Um, okay, it's, it's a really good question because, okay, philosophically or magically, how is this entity, the negative entity, fifth density negative entity, able to make its uh, incursions into uh, the physical complex of Carla? You know, what's, uh, what's the mechanic here? What's happening? Well, first, Ross says that this, this entity is able to penetrate the time-space configuration of the field of Carla, right? The, the auric field and the 
time space body of Carla. So it can infringe upon her free will and do this for its specific purpose. Um, they also say that they have moved through the quarantine without any vehicle, and thus has been more able to escape detection by the net of the guardians. I don't know if I want to extend myself too long here, but I do want to leave the impression that, you see, these guardians, if they were, just for you to see that these guardians, they all have an agenda too. I'm not saying that they're evil. <laughs> Please don't listen to me with human ears. But in the grand scheme of things, and now I'm talking about the whole creation, if you're guarding something, it's because you still believe that there is a, there's a sort of uh, activity that we must do. See, I'm not challenging, of course, the positivity of uh, guardians and the people who, who are doing all of this, but there's still a sort of conflict or friction in this in this level of consciousness this level of mind and so for an entity to escape detection by the net of guardians you know it's a it's a lot I, I like I said I can go on for a while here and talk about how this this is a, a polarized view still seems to me I may be wrong maybe I'm just and ignorant in how all of this work metaphysically. But um, yeah, if there was a really net of guardians there, there's another mechanism that comes into play here, which is the quarantine and the balancing effect. So I don't know, it just makes a little bit of noise to me that an entity was able to escape the detection uh, by the net of guardians. Are they vulnerable or do they allow this? But if there was a detection and they were able to escape that, they were, they were able to escape that detection, what's going on? Are they, I don't know. I really don't know. But it does show that there is a sort of permeability in the mind of these guardians and everything else. Where are these guardians from? What density? I forget. I don't know if they're from fourth, from fifth. Maybe that's their learning. What is safe to say is that the Logos is with true neutrality and everything that is happening is part of its own learning or its contribution to the grand central sun of learning. I know I'm going way off track here, but I wanted to mention all of this, that even within the workings of the Confederation, let me just give an example, Ra, um, for starters, they are still learning. They're still making mistakes, let's call them in human terms. They just see opportunities for learning. Well, these are opportunities for learning of the guardians, meaning that they are still sort of part of the evolution. So just a reminder of that, that a lot of these entities and guardians and confederations and so on, they're all in the process of learning. I mean, the whole universe is in the process of learning, right? But the levels in which this is happening. I just wanted to mention that, you know, because... I don't know, it may seem like some people say, well, you know, we'll, we're being guarded, so we're all safe. Um, who's safe? The separate self? Huh, that's a good question. So I always like to bring this, you know, into the light of, of unity and what is actually happening between all the, the turmoil of the evolution within the octave in this solar system.
So anyhow, I feel like I'm rambling. Uh, let's go with more of the answer that Ross says here in question 13. They say, this is the great virtue of the magical working, whereby consciousness is sent forth essentially without vehicle, as light. The light would work instantly upon the untuned individual by suggestion. That is, the stepping out in front of the traffic because the suggestion is that there is no traffic. This entity, as each in this group, is enough discipline in the ways of love and light that it is not suggestible to any great extent. So, a lot of speculation here we can get, um, but let's just go with the mechanics of what's happening. First, the fifth density entity is penetrating the, or is able to work within the field of Carla. That's because she had some weaknesses there. And so, um, they do it without vehicle. Let's remember that part for question 15, I think. Uh, essentially without vehicle maybe that's the the key phrase essentially without vehicle so they move um, they move their consciousness they move with consciousness through the quarantine and the light work the light would work instantly upon an untuned individual by suggestion the way in which they do suggestion it's a very interesting thing, uh, and I'll get to that at the end of this uh, this answer. But that's what they're doing. They're working towards the suggestion of our psyche to do things or to uh, act in ways that are um, incongruent with what we actually want to do, with our true nature. That's the negative uh, action, right? Or suggestion. Uh, so they say. Uh, you know, step in front of the traffic because the suggestion is that there is no traffic. Oh, traffic's clear. Let me just walk and you get run over by car. Um, but Carla was enough discipline in the ways of love and light that she wasn't suggestible to any great extent in this way, of course. And I'll give some examples of this. You, you will relate. So this is how it works. They go through, if you remember from last video, first part of this session space-time fifth density they move into time space fifth density they travel in consciousness to third density time space and then from third density time space they work within the field of Carla in this case and it causes a physical or space-time reaction so with that they work through suggestions and um, I'm not sure how they cause pain because they do cause pain somehow influencing the entity to do things because all they do is suggest things. You know, this helps them to not break the law of, respons law of responsibility. The first distortion, the law of free will. So there's more to say here. Ra finishes and says, however, there is a predisposition of the physical complex which this entity is making maximal use of as regards the instrument, hoping for instance, by means of increasing dizziness, to cause the instrument to fall or to indeed walk in front of your traffic because of impaired vision. The magical principles, shall we say, may be loosely translated into your system of magic whereby symbols are used and traced and visualized in order to develop the power of the light. Wow, that's all 
sounds all esoteric. It's not so much once I pair it with experience. And I hope, I hope you have this experience because I'll tell you why I'm laughing. <laughs> um, okay, so there is a predisposition of the physical complex in Carla, which the entity, the fifth density, negative entity, they they make use of, which is the dissonance or the impair vision in all of this because they wanted to kill Carla. They wanted Carla to cease the contact. So it's like the people who beg you not to do things, please don't do it, please, please don't do it. It's going to bring demise to me, you know, like your mom used to be when you went out as a teenager and spent the night somewhere or went to parties or went to the disco. I'm sorry, I was raised in a different country, so at 15, I was inside clubs and all of that, so <laughs> thanks to my older brother. Thank you. Thank you, G. Uh, so yeah, you know, your, your parents would freak out. Actually, my mom didn't freak out because I was my older brother, but you know, you get the, the picture. So people begging you not to do things, that's a, sort of the same thing that they're doing here. They're begging Carl to die so she, she could cease in the transmission and reception actually the reception of the channeling, the information here. There are several reasons why they wanted that. And I'll get to that too. Now, um, this is what I wanted to offer you and it's that's why I was laughing. The magical principles, how this works. Uh, they may be loosely translated into your system of magic whereby symbols are used and traced and visualized in order to develop the power of the light. I, I've made this, um, I thought that everybody had these thoughts because I've asked a lot of people and they say like, oh yeah, I've had similar thoughts, but I've had other people who never had this thought. So I call it the kitchen and the knife uh, experience. If you're with somebody, I know, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> I do get the symbols. I have negative entities around me. What can I tell you? Um... If you have a knife in your kitchen and somebody else is around, have you ever got the thought? It's not to, you see, it's a, it's a sort of image of what the knife can do to somebody else or <laughs> push somebody or these, um, I remember my mom used to say like, that's the devil, you know, attempting you to do evil things. Um, <laughs> so true, she was so right. Uh, not the devil as an entity, but these are the negative entities showing you in your psyche things that you may do. So this is the suggestion, the influence that they may have. And again, maybe I'm susceptible to this kind of stuff. Maybe I have some sort of susceptibility in me. Uh, perhaps I've done it in previous lives, so it's just like a memory to me to just imagine these things. I don't know. I feel strange. Please somebody comment on this video so I feel better <laughs> but I'm not the only one who has these thoughts of the kitchen the kitchen knife when somebody's around I mean I don't have them all the time but you see it's a it's one of those things maybe it's something else like yelling at somebody but you don't or punching somebody but you don't all of these these are negatively influenced so you see you don't have to think that there is a negative entity flying around or uh, within me that it has it's all perception so the negativity is really the permeability that exists within your auric field 
to at least consider these possibilities. But your choice is what really matters. I haven't stabbed anybody in my life yet. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't think I'll ever do it. But you see, um, <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, it's the choice. You know, you never. Of course, at this point, it's just like, why am I even having these thoughts? You know, it's like so unaligned with you. Um, so these these are real things. You know, I'm glad that these things are happening. You know, and that I have actually, you know, I've actually, you know, let me confess something. I've actually hurt people physically. And when it should have been, you know, a pleasurable thing or a pleasant encounter, I've hurt people physically. And I'm not ashamed of it. You see, because, of course, you know what shame is. It's just a stupid regret that we feel like we have to uh, carry with you. But you forgive yourself and never make that mistake again. So I'm glad of that because... Um, I know, I know by experience what it is to be, you know, evil, what it is to be uh, hurtful to people. So, you know, I, I don't even like to say I'm not perfect. I know I'm perfect because I know who I am. But the expression, the manifestation of myself needs to be imperfect. So I deal with that imperfection and I'm okay with that. I am, I am aware that my whole, of my perfection within my apparent imperfections. And I'm grateful for that. This is the, the gratitude that one must have with all the negative things that, you know, are still worrying us. That's just negativity there, you know, and it's really the choice and how you decide to act that makes the difference and polarizes you, you see? So, yes, um, it just reminds the last thing I would say is the Dalai Lama, one of them, I don't know, I, I think it's one of the recent ones, perhaps the current one, he had to be explained what is self-hatred because he couldn't understand that. Of course, in his experience, he's never experienced self-hatred, so he doesn't know what it is. And he literally had to have somebody or self-hatred or self-deprecation or something that is just uh, worthlessness. And to him, that was just like a, such a foreign concept. He couldn't even understand it. You see? So, you know, oh, I want to be the, like the Dalai Lama. Why? Why? You have your own experiences and you're here to deal with them. So, um, I'm grateful for not being uh, unaware of things that are so real in the world. And so I deal with them. Okay, enough of me. Let's go. Question 14. Don says, do you mean that this fifth density entity visualizes certain symbols? I am assuming that these symbols are of a nature where their continued use would have some power or charge. Am I correct? Ra says you are correct. In fifth density, light is a visible, is as visible a tool as your pencil's writing. Then Don says in question 15, then am I correct in assuming this entity configures the light into symbology? That is what we would call a physical presence. Is this correct? Ra says, this is incorrect. The light is used to create a sufficient purity of environment for the entity to place its consciousness in a carefully created light vehicle, which then uses the tools of light to do its working. The will and presence are those of the entity doing the working. Wow, this is perfect and beautiful to finish my explanation. 
first of all, there seems to be a contradiction here when they use, when they say in question 13, and this is why I said remember that, when they said they use they don't use a vehicle and they trespass through the quarantine, right? They said no vehicle is used. Yet they say here that they use a carefully created light vehicle. Okay. Which then uses the tools of light to do its work. And I'm going to reread it. Um, attempt to clarify the contradiction in the vehicle use and then explain to you how this works in a beautiful part. Okay. Ah, oh, it's so beautiful. I can see it. I hope to make you visualize it. So how are they doing this work within ourselves? Let's get to it. Uh, first of all, Don's question was that he was assuming the entity configures the light into symbology. That is what we call a physical presence. And I don't think that is a physical presence at all because they are not creating a vehicle for them to manifest here, but rather using their consciousness to project their own will, their own, um, their own personality let's should i put it like that that makes sense right no okay let's get into the explanation ross says the light is used to create a sufficient purity of environment for the entity to place its consciousness in a carefully created light vehicle that light vehicle to me is the environment that they created so it's like uh, created a canvas right which then uses the tools of light to do its working. So it's a projection, let's say the canvas of imagination, it's projected into the consciousness or the perception of the entity, in this case, the 3D entity. And so they use the tools of light. And if you remember from the past answer where they say that they use uh, light as a pencil, we use it here, they, they draw with light. So they draw this image of you doing something uh, questionable, you know, by your own being. And sometimes they would definitely use it when you're angry on when, or when you're depressed and when you're doing all of this. They are attacking you in this way. They are infringing upon your free will. I wouldn't even say infringement. I'm not even sure if that's infringement because all they're doing is suggestion. Like the friends that they are. <laughs> you know, when you have bad influence, bad friends that make you want to do things and that's exactly what they're doing. They're just suggesting to you, yes, jump on that, uh, off of that cliff. And you, in your free will, say, yay. <laughs> and you do it. So they're painting in front of you, in your own psyche, these images of you doing things that are questionable to your own self, the polarized positive self. Now, check the part when they say the will and presence are those of the entity doing the working. It's not yours, meaning it's not your projection of the true being that you are. It's their will. It's their presence. Is just like in the example of the kids telling you, you know, jump off that cliff. It's their will and presence who is saying you do it. You know, you go do it. They're imposing that to you, suggestion. They're not pushing you. They're not uh, sending you by physical means. They're uh, suggesting that to you and you're doing it. So 
you have to be very aware of all those things that once you have the tools of the ego and you know uh, ahimsa which is the word that we use in buddhism for uh, non-harm you know non-harmfulness just living in in peace not harming other people and animals and the environment so once you have these tools you're able to discern what is it that is the true path hurting people stabbing people in the kitchen <laughs> uh pushing somebody punching them hurting them verbally abusing them uh raping them violating them in so different ways you see all of this is the work of negative entities that are imposing their will and presses in you why because they want you to do their bidding that's simple as it is you know and as as soon as you start this path it's easier for you to co continue to commit crimes and commit all kinds of adultery and uh, uh, all sort of uh, negative things let's just put it that way negative behaviors negative actions so you know just like you start working for these entities you can stop working for them and getting into yourself and saying all right truthfully who i am do i want to continue to polarize in the negative or to the positive you have to make that decision consciously and actually if you're negative i would suggest to you that you go and control these entities because you're going to get a lot more uh, bang for your buck <laughs> as ross says you can actually bid them if you forgot this it's in the session 50s I think there's a part where they discuss this, but the 3D entity can actually enslave the negative entity, mostly for density. I'm thinking, I don't know, fifth density, but who knows? Because they are they're playing the game, and if they're playing the game and you outwit them, you can actually dominate them. So again, that's my advice for anybody who's negative out there. <laughs> uh, we're all serving the creators, so thank you for whatever you do okay so that's it i hope this makes sense i'm telling you please pay attention to this paragraph because this is the the true nature the source of why we have these negative thoughts it's not you okay it's not you in the sense of the polarized positive being that you are the way that you see yourself as a pure being it's not really you it's the negative entities putting those images in you so you can go and do it because they want you to work for them but you don't work for anybody you don't even work for yourself because you don't exist. You simply radiate the peace and harmony of this creation when you're one with everything. And that's my sincere desire for anybody who follows me in any of my teachings, YouTube, Instagram, my course, my uh, seminars, anything. Really, my true heart is in the desire for people to see through unity because there's no highest teaching. Simple as that. It may be abstract for the mind, but we have to destroy the mind or dissolve the mind for us to assimilate this. Okay, so these are questions from book five. I'll just go through them really quick. This is question 16. Don says, are you familiar with a book that the instrument and I wrote approximately 12 years ago called The Crucifixion of Esmeralda Sweetwater? In particular, the banishing ritual used to bring the entities to earth Ra says this is correct then don says were there any incorrectnesses in our writing with respect to the way this was performed Ra says the incorrectness occurred only due to the difficulty an author 
would have indescribed the length of training necessary to enable the ones known in that particular writing as Theodore and Pablo in the necessary disciplines. Don says, it has seemed to me that the book has somehow in its entirety been a link to many of those whom we have met since we wrote it and many of the activities we have experienced. Is this correct? Ross says, this is quite so. And that finishes the questions that were omitted in the original books. They were published in uh, book five in the 90s. And Carla and Jim make comments about that in that book. So as always in the description, there are links for you to download the books if you don't have them. They're free in LL Research. You can also go to lawof1.info, which again, guess what? In the description. You can go check it out. And over there, you just have to go to the bottom and uh, enable show commentary, show notes, show everything. Show everything, and you can select which of the versions you want to read. The original, raw contact, re-listen version, lightly edited. And I think that's it. So go check that out. Uh, over there, you have to enable the show commentary so you can read the, um, the commentary that Carla and Jim had in book five. So you can learn a little bit more about that. Now, from those commentaries, I can tell you that Carla and Jim talk about uh, more so Carla, because Carla is the one that wrote the book with Don, the crucifixion of Esmeralda, Sweetwater. It's a book that I admittedly have not read, so I don't know who Theodore and Pablo are. Uh, it seems like a minor point, so I won't get, I can't get into it too much, but essentially is that the only incorrectness in the book, as Don as was that the length of time that needs to be uh, accomplished for whatever they were doing, the ritual, I won't read it again. Uh, it's longer than they described there, but everything else seems fine. And also, Don mentions in the last question that he has noticed that a lot of what happened there in the book is happening to them at this point, or has happened so far at this point in the raw contact. Why? synchronicities, the nature of reality, and the non-linear aspect of time, which is an illusion needed for us to have an experience as humans and as aging entities. That is the purpose of space-time in all densities. All densities have a sort of decay of the body, and that is in order to reset the experience and repeat the experience as much as necessary so we can learn the lessons of each density. So uh, non-linear aspect of time is revealed there because you, this has happened to me too in very subtle way, not as much as this book, which seemed to have shown uh, a lot of reality to what they were experiencing. But um, yeah, what they were uh, finding was that all of this was happening to them. Carla expresses this nicely in book five, so go read it if you want to. But this is uh, the nature of reality. We, we think that we, our thoughts were not shaping reality. Sometimes we perceive things. And in my case, I remember writing things in which I, I sort of saw that this was an inevitable thing 
to happen, even though I didn't have connections to it. And, you know, they certainly start taking shape in that way. And um, synchronicities are possibly the best thing because you can have a dream and then suddenly, you know, the dream comes true in a very abstract way, but it does come true. Um, and you're familiar with all of this stuff, so I won't get much into it. In any case, let's go to question 19. Don says in question 19, I will ask about that in a later session, since I don't want to get off the track. Because it has been, or it has something to do with the mechanics of time, which I'm very puzzled about. But I would ask them, the fifth density entity in coming here to offer us service, as you mentioned, penetrated the quarantine. Was this done through one of the windows, or was this because of his, shall I say, magical ability? Oh, you can see here in this question how Don was still puzzled about time. Um, I would love to expand on that, but that's not necessary here. So, okay, how does it penetrate the quarantine? Ross says, this was done through a very slight window, which less magically, which less magically oriented entities or groups could not have used to advantage. So, quickly here, I guess, um, See, this goes back to my question of how how are the Guardians allowing a net to be, call it net, of light, and yet some entities can penetrate it. There's a reason why, and they explain it here, but that explanation seems to contradict this, you know, uh, oh, we didn't see it, they just penetrated um, without detection. The Guardians didn't detect it. So maybe it has to do with the higher mechanics that the Guardians don't know about and they're learning. I'm not sure. I'm only speculating here, but my point is to show that even those that we see as Guardians are learning, are part of this learning process in this particular sub-logos, which is the Sun. And Ron explains that this was through a very slight window, which less magically oriented entities or groups could not have used to advantage. So this sounds like a fourth density uh, negative entity could not have been able to do this as they have more... You see, the fourth density negative is much less developed than a fourth density positive negative, uh, positive, negative positive entity that is able to use thought to a degree higher than the negative uh, for travel and all of this because Guess what? You're on track with unity, whereas the negative isn't. It's so only have uh, bigger problems. This is an extrapolation that I made, I must admit, from the explanation that Ra gives about travel. They say that negative entities still rely on, say, physical means for travel, whereas the positive uh, entities in four density I'm talking about, uh, they have, um, they don't, they don't rely as much or if any in physical means, but they travel already by thought. They're learning this. So four density negatives are lagging in technology, believe it or not. <laughs> Consciousness technology, of course, because you're in denial of the true nature of reality. It's so beautiful. I wish more people were into the law of one. Such a beautiful philosophy. And it explains so much. 
sophisticated and complicated as it may seem. Question 20. Don says, now, the main point of this line of questioning has to do with the first distortion and the fact that this window existed. Was this, shall I say, a portion of the random window effect? And are we experiencing the same type of balancing in receiving the offerings of this entity as the planet in general receives because of the window effect? Ah, let's sign some lights here, no pun intended. Ra says, this is precisely correct, as the planetary sphere accepts more highly evolved positive entities or groups with information to offer, the same opportunity must be offered to similarly wise negatively oriented entities or groups. You see, this is where I say that there is a higher explanation over the Guardians. The Guardians may be learning lessons of balancing or whatever it is that they're learning, but they're allowing fifth density negative entities to pass through. So they're wiser. They seem to be wiser than the Guardians, right? Now, here's what the wisdom of Ra says, and that's because Don was very um, inquisitive. And he asked the question, the proper question, is this because of the balancing effect that needs to happen? So maybe the Guardians are not aware of this balancing effect, or they are aware, but they're still learning these effects, and they realize how they can do anything when there is a, a natural need of the planet Maybe they're just there to guard against, I don't know, uh, a landing, mass landing of positive or negatives because they feel like, oh, we're here to uh, enjoy four density with them. And then they say, oops, we didn't know they haven't polarized yet. You know, maybe that's what the Guardians are doing. And the fifth density negative entity is a lot more clever. So what is happening to me is that, as Ross says, yes, the reason why this negative entity infiltrated the guardians is one because they're wiser two because their call was needed in other words we're talking about the balancing of the planet when a planet is mixed in its orientation as our planet is you see we don't know what we want so we need incentive we need people to give us or entities to give us direction now because of our disorientation there is a call for positive and negatives. The 1981 raw contact was a positive contact, a channeling of pure information that needed to be balanced. No surprise that one of the attempts to balance this was to cease the contact because as the light of wisdom, information, the intelligence of raw was pouring into our planet, then a similarly negative dark shadowy aspect of reality must also be present their attempt was to finish the contact to eliminate it so this balances pretty well the amount of information that we were getting through the triad of jim don and carla so that makes sense you see and it kind of lends credence to my idea it's just an idea that the Guardians um, are not as wise as the negative entity and they're learning through this portion of their, their job. Or, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. That's my best attempt to guess it. Um, but yeah, this also reminds us that the more we, um, we bring positive aid, that doesn't mean that we polarize positively. 
If we polarize positively, gate, does that mean that more negative entities can come? And it's not true because we as a planet decide to polarize positively. But the key here for balance is that as the unpolarized being requests information, then there must be a balance of options here. But when the person is determined and says, no, thank you, I don't want negative uh, influence. I am so devoted and my faith is so poured into the unity of the creation that I just seek positive light, um, whatever you want to call it, just pure acceptance of all that there is. That's really the, the end of the seeking and everything, just acceptance of everything. Understanding that you don't have to accept anything because there's nobody to accept. There is only acceptance and you are acceptance. Let me put it that way. So anyhow, let's move into question 21 where Don says, then we experience in this seeming difficulty the, what I would call, effect of the wisdom of the first distortion. And for that reason, must fully accept the wisdom of that which we experience. This is my personal view. Is it congruent with Ross? Ross says, in our view, we would perhaps go further in expressing a appreciation for this opportunity. This is an intensive opportunity in that it is quite marked in its effects, both actual and potential. And as it affects the instrument's distortion towards pain and other difficulties, such as dizziness, it enables the instrument to, to continuously choose to serve others and to serve the creator. Now here Don is saying, um, first of all, it's Don's opinion that they should um, fully accept the wisdom of that which we experience. This is the negative attack or the psychic attack that they were experiencing with Carla and others. We'll see that later on in this session. Um, so Don is just saying, uh, is your opinion similar to mine in that we should um, accept the, uh, the wisdom of the negative entity? Um, Let's just say, see what Ra uh, says here. And is there a mistake in this um, this slide, or is it? In, it must be. That's strange. It's it's hard to find uh, a grammar mistake. Oh, it is. Mark has a little tilde. I'll ask Toby Wheelock to remove it eventually. Little things. You see how rereading the raw material helps to correct very small mistakes. Let me show you what I mean. See where it says marked right there? That is a tilde. It shouldn't be there. I'm not even sure in which language that's used. Anyhow, um, in our view, we would perhaps go further in expressing appreciation for this opportunity. So not just accept the wisdom of the negative entity, but also show appreciation. So how can you be appreciative of the negative attacks? Well, we can go, we could go at it in different ways, but I have only the one. And I think that's my preferred method. This is an intensive opportunity in that it is quite marked, marked, isn't that funny? Marked, there's a mark on top of mark that shouldn't be there. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's funny. In its effects, both actual and potential, and as it affects the instrument's distortions, 
towards pain and other difficulties such as the dizziness it enables the instrument to continuously choose to serve others and to serve the creator you know i'm going to say that raw suggestion because that's who they are they they fall short at saying um yeah you just accept they don't fall short they just give suggestions that they should um you should appreciate the pain and all of this because it shows the difficulties that they can go through and yet they can continue with the contact they can continue serving the way they do so it's almost like saying that's fine you know whatever people do to me you're humiliated and you will continue to do it thanks to that humiliation like it happened to david ike i'll never remember that i thought it was a powerful speech where he says i was humiliated in national tv and that made me determined to continue on my path because I said, I have nothing else to lose. I lost all my credibility. I lost all my, uh, my popularity. I lost all my image was destroyed. My ego, what I thought I was, was completely obliterated. And I continued on. So we can always use this as a way to empower our own path and not, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm being attacked. That means that I'm not good for this. I'm weak. I shouldn't continue doing this. No, you continue doing it despite what you have. You don't, you never give up. Let's put it that way. So that's a form of appreciation for the things that happen to you or that are done to you. Ross says and continues, similarly, it offers a continual opportunity for each in the group to express support under more distorted or difficult circumstances of others self experiencing the brunt shall we say of this attack that would be carla thus being able to demonstrate the love and light of the infinite creator and furthermore choosing working by working to continue to serve as messengers of this information for this information which we attempt to offer and to serve the creator thereby thus the opportunities are quite noticeable as well as the distortions caused by this circumstance so continue to serve in the way that you're serving and um, that is automatic acceptance of what is you see and that's what i was getting to with my suggestion um, another thing that they say here is to they offer say don and jim to continue to give support to carla which is the one that's taking the brunt of the attack um, so there's always a way to continue to give love and light to whatever's happening in in the planet in your house at work um, there's always that opportunity can you seek it can you see it first that's the key point and my point is that you should not you you are acceptance like i said you are this harmony peace love so when the mind gets involved is when you start doubting when you start Mm, I don't know, should I do it, should I not do it, uh, this, that. Don't let the mind get involved. Just do what you feel. Uh, act without action, previous action. That would be working without karma, just acting on what you want to do. Believe it or not. Ah, but am I going to do the right thing? No, you're doubting it now. So that's it, you know, just continue to do what you do. And that's how you work from unity, actually. You don't think. You just are. Okay. Let's go to question 22. I'm going to read a couple more and then we'll end it. Thank you. Is the so-called attack offered to myself and Jim as well as the instrument? 
Ross says, this is correct. Don says, I personally have felt no effect that I am aware of. Is it possible for you to tell me how we are offered this service? Ross says, the questioner has been offered the service of doubting the self and of becoming disheartened over various distortions of the personal nature. This entity has not chosen to use these opportunities. This is done. And the Orion entity has basically ceased to be interested in maintaining constant surveillance of this entity. That's done. So he's been offered all of that. But cease. They cease to bother Don. Then they say, the scribe is under constant surveillance and has been offered numerous opportunities for the intensification of the mental emotional distortions and, in some cases, the connection matrices between mental emotional complexes and the physical complex counterpart. As this entity has become aware of these attacks, it has become much less pervious to them. Lastly, they say, this is the particular cause of the great intensification and constancy of the surveillance of this instrument, for it is the weak link due to factors beyond its control within this incarnation. Let me just check first. Yeah, we'll finish it here, um, since we have just remnants of this line of questioning, and then we'll get into more psychic greeting, law of confusion, and archetypical minds. Exciting stuff. Uh, okay, so um, all of these attacks, they were offered or given to, uh, to the group uh, for the ending of the contact. Now, Don had certain um, disheartening possibilities. He may be weak there, but because Don didn't pay attention to it, they were just like, meh, Don's not worth it. And then they went to Jim, and Jim continued to reinforce. Now, how does this happen? You see, the more you choose to do what is right for you, the more you choose to do what is within your heart, then, you know, it's like people stop bothering you. You know, when you're you're still doing questionable things and you're still doubting and you attract these people that feel good because they feel also meaningless. They feel like it's unworthy to be, you know, or to have or anything. And so they hang out with you and you maintain these conversations. But once you change, once you stop saying like everything is crap, oh, I'm um, whatever, I, I'm unworthy, this is all bullshit, and all this language that we use for, um, for expressing ourselves, then, you know, the, the more we attract these people, the more we attract the negative entities. But if we continue to use our... Um, say our our hearts that's what I said yes um, then maybe maybe they stop bothering us maybe the thoughts leave us that's exactly what happens the images the thoughts the perceptions of self the ego starts dissolving and that is to me the the best path that we can have, the most express path to unity.
So, end of this video. We have like 10 more questions or less. There's a long one with archetypical mind. Actually, a lot of archetypical mind. I have like seven more questions. But that's it for this video. Conclusions. Uh, the importance of stating that the negative entities, first to understand that the negative entities are not separate from you. They are you. But depending on how you define you, you will have to see them as separate from you. Or you'll have to see them as part of this whole illusion of creation. If you think you're a soul that is in evolution, then that soul in evolution will have to inevitably confront the negative aspect of itself, which is the negative entity. If you think you're a person here in third density, then you will feel that way. So my teaching, my the beauty of this realization of being one with everything is that you don't even have to think about yourself anymore. What's happening is what's happening. And you see, you don't, you don't put yourself in the middle between the happening and the happener, which is supposed to be you. There is just a happening. And just like you don't get involved in trying to push the person in, uh, in the movie when they're going to commit a crime or trying to alter the, uh, the development of a story in a book, you don't write on top of the book and say, oh, I don't like this. I'm going to rip apart these pages, which I don't know where they're going. And I'm just going to write my own thing. How exciting is that? It's not exciting at all. You are the observer. You are the creator. It's so difficult to say these words because it, it talks to the ego. And if the ego takes it, then it confuses it because it doesn't know what to do with the creator. The ego doesn't know what to do with that except polarized towards the negative. So when I say you are the creator is like in my dream, I'm lucid and I'm talking to somebody and saying, dude, we're all in the same dream. You know, it's the same dream. Relax. <laughs> we're all the self. <laughs> we're all this, this huge uh, uh, array of objects and people and thoughts and all of this. So you see, this is the best way to me in which we can perceive reality. You don't have to become like, oh, the forces between light and dark and all of this. Um, I have a huge discrepancy right now with the whole spiritual community, which is reinforcing. Well, first of all, it's not a discrepancy. It's, it's, um, it's an understanding that this is naturally uh, a, a process of evolution of third density to fourth density this whole holy war, the, the war between light and darkness. They are doing this to us. We must uh, do this to sustain and defend from the hearts and the light and all of this. Um, I'm not mocking it. I'm saying that this is the language that we use still in separation. So my discrepancy is only in that what I teach is not from fourth density. What I teach is not from fifth density either. Um, what I teach is from unity. Unity starts from the sixth to the seventh. That is the lessons of sixth density. Now, I'm not saying that I am a messenger from sixth density. I'm saying that what I see, the way I see the world is from unity. And that is, we are endowed with that. We're not, oh, Gabe, we're only in third density, so I only have my solar plexus activated. 
I'm barely opening my heart. That's not true. You're able to use all of your energy centers to shine light upon yourself. This doesn't mean that you use your indigo ray, your third eye, to bypass all the rest, as some people do. Or use their heart to bypass all of their blockages and uh, muddied uh, relationships with the self and so on. No, you use this simply as a way of perceiving all of it. You see, it's a mistake to think that once you see things from unity, you have nothing else to work upon. You have nothing else to discern. Quite the contrary. This is once you see from unity, you just see clear. You have no opaque window in which to see the world. There are no questions. You know who you are. Yet there are things that are still happening through your life that you may find resistance. So you go into what's called shadow work, but through the sense of unity, not from the sense of ego, which is what uh, many of the teachings go through. You, they, they train the ego. They train it so hard that they dissolve it. And that's a way. I'm not saying that it's not a way. So I'm not trying to push my teaching or anything. I'm just showing that this is possible. It's not popular. It's not the thing right now, but it is the the ultimate reality. It is what uh, Jehoshua, whatever his name was. I have a friend who uh, speaks Hebrew and studies the Kabbalah with the law of one. And <laughs> he knows the correct name, Jesus. Okay, for us it's Jesus in Spanish. This is what Jesus taught. This is what Gautama taught. and. These are our greatest teachers. This is what Ra is teaching in the mystical teachings of the raw material. If you pay attention to it, every time they say you are one, you are the creator, you don't, you know, you just, if you just read it, it's always there. But in our collective consciousness, I understand and I admit that it's difficult to see the world this way. But I like the hard path. I like the difficult, um, the difficult challenge. So this is what I do. If you're interested, of course, like I've always said, there's a link in the description which you can book a call with me and let's work together. I'm doing this. I'm working with people. I love doing this. Teaching one-on-one -on -one is something that is my passion and I wish I can continue to do it for as long as I can. So I'm doing it now. I don't know for how long I'm going to do it, but right now you can just schedule a call with me. Free. We'll talk. We'll meet. I'll get to know what your problems are. I'll get to discuss all of this. Unity from the law of one and from my non-dual teachings, which I cherish so much. And it's a practical thing. Uh, last thing I would say about my teachings, you don't require anything of the law of one. If you bring anything from the law of one or any other mysticism, it's going to be a little bit redundant because I only use your own experience. What's happening through you at this moment, not really, you know, densities and chakras and all of this. Uh, I, I feel like they confuse us in the simple basic teaching. I also say that this is kindergarten stuff. I'm not teaching high stuff, <laughs> not college stuff. This is kindergarten because this is what we should have been taught as children. We should have been taught the reality of this reality. But now's the time to go through kinder. And because we have all the experience of all the other uh, grades and all of that, we can understand better. Okay, 
So that's my uh, spiel for today. I thank you again for being part of this and for listening to me all this hour long. I have nothing else to say, but thank you. I love you. I'll see you in the last part of session 67.